This is episode number 123 with Aaron Walker. New concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Success 101 Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. At each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 podcast. I'm thrilled to be here with you today. And I wanted to take just a minute to highlight to you guys what the Success 101 podcast is doing. And it's all because of you and your support. My faithful listeners who are listening in, who are writing in, who are giving me great content and great advice and things that they want to hear. This is all because of you. But as of today, After being on air for only a few short months, the Success 101 podcast has now been heard in over 83 countries, and we have a great lineup of guests coming your way in the next several weeks and months. And I'm so excited to announce that the fully scaled Success 101 podcast website is up and running. All episodes, all show notes, all material about the things that I'll be discussing with you now, in the past, in the future, any blogs, any future guest information or past guest information can all be found there. And that is success101podcast.com. Be sure to head over there today if you have any questions or any links to any show notes that you have questions on. It can all be found there. And I'm so excited to have released that this week. And my encouragement would be if you find relevance in the Success 101 podcast episodes, and you feel that those would be relevant to other people as well, whether it be friends, families, coworkers, business partners, entrepreneurs, anybody that you feel wants to hit a higher level of peak performance, please share those episodes with them. My whole goal in creating this was so that more people could learn how to live more optimally every day and could reach higher levels of peak performance. And that doesn't happen unless you share it. So thanks so much again for your support. So speaking of incredible guests, I have a great guest to bring your way today, and that is Aaron Walker. And you're going to love hearing his story. I was so excited to find out we were going to have him on the Success 101 podcast. And you'll hear a lot today that's packed into this episode, which starts with a story of success several times over. And then across with tragedy that took many years for Aaron to overcome, which later led to a life of impact and significance that he is now on fire for and passionate about helping other men lead a life of significance with their faith, their family, and in the workplace today. Aaron Walker is a businessman and life coach and has inspired many through his leadership, mentorship, and consistent pursuit of excellence. For 21 years and counting, Aaron has taken classes and has been coached personally by several mentors in his life, most notably Dave Ramsey, also people like Dan Miller, David Landreth, to name a few. And Aaron incorporates education and learning opportunities into his daily routine, remaining informed on the latest tools and trends to help other men sharpen each other and become better versions of themselves. And that's what it's all about on this podcast is peak performance and how we will hit higher levels of excellence. So I'm so thrilled to have him on today. You'll hear Aaron's story and how it only took him a few years to become a very successful entrepreneur, retiring three times 
and then working for a construction company in Nashville as he helped take the business from doing one or two projects a year to a multi-million dollar company that was then voted the number one builder for three consecutive years. He also sold one of his businesses earlier in life to a Fortune 500 company and has been the owner of eight other lucrative businesses as well as being very involved in the community. This episode is truly an Irons Sharpens Iron episode as we talk through Aaron's life of success, strategy, which led to a mindset of significance and the creation of accountability groups and mentorship groups that he is now passionately involved in, in the pursuit of helping other men reach higher levels of peak potential and become better versions of themselves in life. So without delay, it is with great honor that I bring you Aaron Walker here today on the Success 101 podcast. Aaron Walker, welcome to the Success 101 podcast. How are things in your part of the world today? Hey, Jared, things are going good. It's a little thunderstorm going on here. But other than that, man, things are awesome in Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for having me on Success 101. Hey, man, I am so fortunate. I know you've got a lot of things in your schedule that keep you busy and tied up. So the fact that you're here spending time with us and our listeners today is a, is a blessing for me. And I know that you have an absolute incredible story to tell just from what I've seen of you and your company and your history and your background. And so I'm going to take a back seat here. I'd love for you to go back as far as you want to tell us about your history and how you got to where you are today. And and uh, I know the listeners will get a lot out of well, that. Well, thanks, Jared. I will say that I am busy, but nothing's more important than being on Success 101 right now. So thank you for having me on. This is a real privilege and an honor for me. You know, the show is uh, only a half hour to an hour long, so it's going to be hard for me to give you a lot of details in that short a period of time because I've been an entrepreneur now 38 years, and we've had a dozen businesses that we've started. But I'll go back and give you a 30,000-foot view real quick. I started really early in the pawn shop business at 13 years old. We were a very, very broke family, if you will. My parents were great people, high character, but they just didn't have any money. And so I started working really early, fell in love with that business. At 18 years old, I met a couple of guys that owned the 21st largest insurance agency in the country at the time, and they were buying diamonds and gold from me. They were hedging against inflation. And I approached them one day and said, listen, have you guys ever considered going into business for yourselves, buying gold and silver and maybe even owning a pawn shop? And they said, how old are you? I said, I'm 18 years old. He said, we've never had anybody 18 approach us before. And I said, well, you know, it's got to be a first time for everything. And he kind of laughed and Anyway, to make a long story short, we worked a deal. I went to the bank and borrowed the $150,000 that it took to open that store in the 70s, uh, which was a lot of money back then. It's a lot of money today, but especially when you're 18 years old. They had the money, but they wanted me to sign the note. So we went to the bank, signed the note. Robin and I got married two weeks out of high school. You know, I can't even imagine that now. We just celebrated, you know, our 36th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, so it's been a it's been a very, very good thing. Uh, it's got its highs and lows, but overall, it's been a very, very good experience. So 
after we got married, we started working in the business together. I had it for a little while before we got married, and then we got married and had the business. And we decided to delay gratification. We decided, you know, hey, we can take this money that we're making. We can have a bigger house and nicer cars, but why don't we put all the money back into the business? And so we did, and we paid a 10-year loan off in 36 months. So now we're 21 years old. Uh, we have a paid-for business, and we said, well, listen, that was a lot of hard work, but why don't we do it again? So we did. We opened store number two. We did the same thing with it. took us about four years to pay that store off. We repeated that, Jared, four times. I was 27 years old, and a company called Cash America out of Fort Worth, Texas, wanted to uh, grow through acquisitions, and they made me an offer that I couldn't refuse. And so basically from the time I was 18 until I was 27, about nine long, hard years later, I was finished completely. I was done. And I thought, well, this is the best life a guy could ever have from rags to not riches, but I had enough I could quit. And so that's exactly what I did. 18 months later, Robin woke me up in the middle of the day from a nap, and she said, this is not the guy I married. I don't know what you're doing in the bed in the middle of the day, but, and the truth is, I was bored. Uh, I didn't have any purpose, didn't have any meaning, didn't have any reason to get up, Jared, and I gained 50 pounds in 18 months. I didn't do anything. So I went back, went in the pawn shop business with a guy I started with when I was a child, and we grew that company very successful. We quadrupled the business in 10 years. I worked a dream schedule. I worked three days. He worked the other three days. We were closed on Sunday, and I did that for a decade. And then, Jared, I don't mean to bring the crowd down, but something very tragic happened in my life. Uh, August 1st, 2001, I was headed to the office. Everything was good. Very hot in Nashville. It's muggy, you know, and I'm headed in. I've got the music on. I've got the air conditioner running high. And I noticed a guy crossing the street, a four-lane highway right ahead of me to catch a local bus. And he hesitated in the middle of the median, and he was waiting on me to pass, I thought. And I sped back up, and as soon as I got to him, he took off running for the bus. He thought he was going to miss the bus, and unfortunately, uh, I ran over and killed him. And uh, I pulled over to the side of the road, and I didn't want to look back. It was one of those experiences. I don't know if you've ever had it happen, Jerry, but when something really horrific like that happens in your life, everything slows down to like a crawl. It was like watching a movie on slow motion. And so I was so nervous. I was so scared. I didn't want to turn around and look because I knew what I was going to see wasn't good. I finally got the courage up. I turned around. Cars were stopping everywhere, people jumping out of their cars. And I jumped out of the car, grabbed my cell phone, and I was shaking so hard I couldn't dial 911. It was, I literally had to put my palms together to brace my hand to dial 911. So finally, I ran over and I was praying, God, please let this guy be okay. Just let him, you know, just be, you know, minor injuries and. I go over, he's face down, and the ambulances, police cars, all that come, and they take the guy, and they said, this is not good. He's got severe head trauma. And so uh, his name was Enrique. He was 77 years old. He was from the Philippines. And we found out uh, three days later he passed away in the Vanderbilt Trauma Unit here in Nashville that he just couldn't see. Uh, he had been warned many times by the bus driver that he was going to get hit if he didn't uh, be more careful. And he just didn't see me. And I'm going to tell you, Jared, it rocked my world. I mean, it absolutely 
rocked my world. And uh, that was somebody's husband, somebody's dad, you know, and, and it, I just couldn't get over it. So a couple of weeks later, you know, Robin and I had a sit down talk and I said, Robin, I've been working since I was 13. I've retired once. Uh, we spent 10 years. We built this second really, really good business. I'm going to sell out. I just need to retire. I need to quit just chasing money because that's what I've been doing all that time. And so we did. We sold the business. I was 40 years old. And uh, fortunately, you know, uh, we did okay. So I had a little bit of money and we were able to travel. And that's what uh, some of the people suggested that I do, that we get away. And, and we did. And I traveled pretty extensively, quite honestly. And we changed locations. We built a new house. And uh, that took about five years to go through this process. I had to get uh, some counselors to walk me through it, some good friends that I had around me. And finally, you know, God gave me the grace that I needed to deal with that. And I want to encourage listeners that are out there, you may have not had anything quite that devastating, but whatever it is that you're experiencing, whether it be financial disaster or you've had a marriage to decay and, you know, go away or whatever the case may be, God uh, can give you the grace to deal with it and to go forward. And that's what he did me. You know, I didn't get over it. He just gave me the grace to deal with it. So Robin woke me up again in the middle of the day, and she said, listen, <laughs> you're getting fat and lazy again. It's time for you to go back to work. And so I did. I went to the guy that built the house for me that did such a wonderful job, and I said, why don't we take your experience and a few resources that I have and uh, my experience in growing businesses, and let's grow your business. And so that's exactly what we did. God really blessed it as well. Over the next nine years, uh, we took it to number one builder in Middle Tennessee. We built high-end residence and small commercial. Then I turned 50 years old, and I uh, decided to retire for the third time. Robin said, I've retired, Jared, more than the law allows. And so <laughs> I did, finally. And a couple of my buddies that I've been in masterminds with for a couple of decades now, I've been in a mastermind group with Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller that owns 48 Days to the Work You Love and Ken Abraham. Ken's a author. He's got about 110 books in print. He's really written some fantastic books. And Jeff Mosley, he owned INO Records here in Nashville. And we'd been meeting in Dave's office for years and years and years, growing our businesses together. Matter of fact, this has nothing to do with my career, but I'll just make a point of it. In 1995, Dave Ramsey gave me advertising to try him. He was on one station in Nashville, and I turned him down. I said, I'm not interested in advertising on that show. And he says, you can't lose if I give you the advertising. So anyway, I tried him out. And let me tell you something, Jared, best decision I ever made. It changed our business. It grew us exponentially. As a result of that, I've been the longest advertiser on Dave's show, 21 consecutive years. We've been on his show, either a business I owned or have owned in the past, have been on there. We were his second sponsor when he started. He's become one of my very best friends now for a couple of decades, and we've got to grow our businesses together. That's the value, quite honestly, of masterminds, and hopefully at some point in this interview we'll talk about that. So uh, Dan Miller asked me in one of our uh, meetings in the mastermind, he said, so what are you going to do with yourself? You've retired now three times, and that's against the law. You should have never done that, but what are you going to do with yourself? And I said, uh, I, I'm nothing. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna just hang out. He goes, so you're going to rock yourself to an oblivion on the front porch and be no good to anybody. And the retirement thing's not worked out well for you. So he said, you need to coach. And I said, I'm not coaching anybody. I'm done. <laughs> and so Dave Ramsey said, hey, come and go through Entree Leadership. 
mastery program. I'll gift it to you. Just see if you like it. And I did. Dan Miller said, come do innovate. And I did. And I loved it, Jared. It was so awesome. And so I started coaching a couple of guys and John Lee Dumas invited me to be a guest on his show. I wrote and told him what my story was. He said, no, man, I want you on. And our business kind of blew up. And now we have national and international clients. Uh, We have eight mastermind groups that I facilitate seven of them. We have what's called the community where we have men from all over the world that are coming together to help uh, share resources and to encourage one another. And my whole goal is to help ordinary men become extraordinary. You know, I had no interest in coaching whatsoever. And uh, Dan Miller has been kind of my personal mentor and coach, you know, for almost two decades now. And uh, when I went and did Innovate, uh, which is one of his programs at uh, the Sanctuary in Franklin, Tennessee, I headed home that night. It was about nine or 10 o'clock at night after two-day event. And he texted me on the phone and he said, hey, man, you got a coach. And I texted him back and I said, why are you sending me this? And he said, did you notice how the people there were leaning in? Like for an hour and a half at your table, there was about six or eight people. He said they were really leaning in, listening to your stories. I said, well, maybe I'm just a good storyteller. And he said, no. He said, you've got something to tell. He said, it's one thing to read about it in a book and teach somebody. It's another thing to do it. And he said, You've had all these people work for you. You've had all these successful businesses. Robin and I have been married, you know, 30 plus years. He said, you really have been there, done that, and you need to help other people do that. The reason it is so uh, heartfelt for me is I love to see people succeed. And what I learned in the wreck is that my life until 2001 had been all about success. And I say this just to give context, not to boast in any way, because all good things come from God, and I give him the credit for all of my success, but my focus was off. My focus was on one more thing, just a little more stuff. If I just get this much more money, you know, we had the big house, we had the nice cars. There's nothing wrong with those things. I I don't take away at all from those things. We had a place on the beach in Destin, and then at another time we had a home in the mountains in Gatlinburg, and all those things were fun, but what I was missing was significance. I had the success, but I wasn't doing anything for anybody else. Everything was centrally focused around me, and so one day I started thinking about that automobile accident, and I said, what if that had been me? What if I had crossed the road here in Nashville and some bus ran over me? What would my legacy have been? My legacy would have been He came from a very, very broke, poor background and in nine years made enough money to retire. That's what people would have remembered me for. And I thought, how selfish is that? And I started thinking about what if I were to leave a legacy of how your life was better as a result of having known me? And that started really resonating with me. I started thinking, you know, how can I help other people achieve their goals? What can I do to pour into other people that would help them be successful. See, nobody cares that I'm successful or not. What people want to know is how can I be successful? And that's what I want to train people. I just give you a little bit of my story to give you the context, to give you a little bit of hope that regardless of where you're at in life, I can't, listen, we lived in a 600 square foot house, six people, right? My dad paid $6,500 for the house I was raised in or born in. We ended up losing it in bankruptcy. Okay, so I know about being broke. And I'm like, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. I didn't know anybody. I didn't come from a privileged background. It all stems out of God's grace first. And second of all, 
grit, determination, perseverance, having an attitude of can, do. My mom had a saying when I was little, can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all. She would not allow me to say can't. She said, you might not be able to do it, but you're going to try. And as I grew and I tried things, it was successful and it worked and it gave me confidence. And then I met people along the way that talked about failure. I said, I'm afraid. And they would say, fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure. And when you start developing that mindset and a growth mindset to think I can do it with proper training, can't, couldn't do it, but could, did it all. Why not me? And you start thinking I can go out there and go for it because it's not a dress rehearsal. We only have one go through. We got to give it all we've got. And you start dismissing those upper limit challenges. It's the sky's the limit what you can do if you'll develop the right mindset. I know you're big on accountability groups. Uh, you may have a different word for those uh, with your mastermind class, but tell us why that is such a place in your heart, what accountability groups have done for you. I know you've shared a little bit along the way now already of people challenging you to do something more or make more of yourself. Tell us a little bit about that. Here's what I hate, to be honest with you, Jared. I hate people that have been successful that hide behind a curtain because there's challenges out there. Nobody's perfect. None of us have it all figured out. It's not, you know, you drink from, you know, a silver glass and have a silver spoon. It's not that at all. It's not that way. And a lot of people try to portray that, like I don't have any problems or that's just not true. I mean, and people that are very successful that won't allow you to see that there's some trials and tribulations along the way, I don't think they're doing you a good service. I think they need to be honest. So people, when they have the troubles, they won't say, well, what am I doing wrong? You're not doing anything wrong. We're human. And we're going to have trials and tribulations and troubles. Accountability groups have been one of the most important parts of my life for almost 30 years now. I've been involved in groups. Now, I coach men, nothing against women whatsoever, but I know men because I've worked with them at church. I've worked with them in uh, the companies I've owned. You know, my whole life has been revolved around men. And so what I do is I try to get people to get involved in an accountability group. And I'll just tell you what those look like for me. I've been in three groups now over the past 25 years where there's been three men and myself or seven men and myself. We meet on a regular basis. We meet every single week. People say, well, I talk to somebody on the phone or once a month we get together. That's not enough. There's too much that can happen in our lives today. And meeting once a month is just not enough. So I would encourage you to come together. There's three guys, Hugh Morris, Randy Butler, and Chris Freeman. Those three guys are my accountability partners. We meet every Friday morning at six o'clock. There's very direct and pointed questions that people need to be asked. I almost got myself in real trouble one time because people weren't asking, so I wasn't telling. And so that can get you in trouble fast. But we're very, very explicit on what we ask, and we're held accountable each and every week. Because I'm just, you know, an inch away from making some bonehead decision in my life that could cost me my family, could cost me my career. We've got to be, yeah, I was just uh, in Texas speaking at a conference this week. And, you know, I have people from time to time say, hey, I'd like to get a picture with you or whatever. And I'm like, well, okay. And when it's women that say that, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I don't do pictures with women because I don't know where this picture's going. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know where they're going to post it. And I don't do that. If it's a husband and wife, I'll do it. If it's another guy, I'll take the picture. You know, I'm never alone eating any meals with women. There's just all kind of boundaries that I put up to protect my marriage. I've been married 36 years. I want to be married 36 more. 
And you've got to put up these boundaries. Direct questions about what we look at on the internet is asked each and every week. Things that we talk about with people that your wife might may not be pleased or emails that are sent. And you're going to say, a lot of you are listening and about what I'm fixing to say. I'm going to lose some of you. And I'm okay with that because it's my boundaries, right? It's my life and it's my boundaries. There are no women I follow on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Those are the three platforms I use because I don't need to because I deal with men. I'm helping ordinary men become extraordinary for women, for their wives, for their future wives, if they're girlfriends now. I'm very, very careful. I don't need to interact with women privately in those platforms. If I email any lady, one of my daughters, which are my assistants, are always carbon copied on it. I never go to lunch, as I said earlier, or dinner with women alone. I just don't do that. I just make practices to be very careful. In my business, the character and the way we represent ourselves, we're asked those questions. It's very, very deep and quite honestly, Jared, very, uh, very detailed to the level that we have accountability. I've been a part of some accountability groups in the past that I'm not sure what I can't speak for other people, but uh, and maybe I was caught up in this as well. But if you if you don't, you know, first couple of times you meet, if you don't feel like it's a really good vibe, well, that might be a little bit selfish. Or if you don't think the other people, you know, are interacting the way you'd want them to or talking about the things that you'd want them to, you, you know, maybe that's a selfish thing as well. There must be some really good chemistry, I guess, for lack of better words, that have allowed you to stay in these groups for as long as you have and trust these guys as much as you do to get the value uh, to where they know you inside and out. Well, the thing that you need to do first is go slow. So you're crazy if you go into a group and you just air all your dirty laundry immediately. That's insane. Use good judgment. Get a group of guys, uh, or if it's women listening to this, get a group of women. And I do not at all suggest that you have a mixed accountability group, period, men and women. Guys need to stick with guys. Girls need to stick with girls because there's things that each of you need to talk about privately. You need to go through. The thing is, is you dole out a little bit along the way and make sure you don't hear about it at the football game Friday night, you know, with some of your other friends. You want to go slow. You want to use good judgment. But over time and then over years, you develop a trust with people. They're going to have your best interest at heart. You need to have trusted advisors that are non-biased. They don't have anything to gain or lose as a direct result of telling you the truth. Do not, listen, you guys hear me, okay, because I've been doing this a long time. Do not get in an accountability group with your business partner, a person that works for you, or your family members. Do not do that because you will not be totally transparent. So you've mentioned masterminds several times. Tell us a little more about what that means and and how these accountability uh, ties connect into that. Yeah, my goodness. I don't even know where I'd be today without a mastermind group. That sounds self-serving because I have mastermind groups now, but I didn't, you know, for 15 years and I was involved in them every week. Dave Ramsey invited me years and years ago to come and be a part of his mastermind. And Jared, I'm embarrassed to admit, I didn't even know what a mastermind was. And I said, Dave, I don't even know what this is. He said, just trust me on it, come. So I did, went to his office, went in his conference room. And a lot of people that are listening to this are going to go, well, yeah, who wouldn't be in a mastermind with Dave Ramsey? But here's what I want people to hear. He wasn't the Dave Ramsey then that he is now, nor was Dan Miller, nor was Ken Abraham or Jeff Mosley. These guys are all notable Nashvilleians now. But I attribute a lot of all of our successes to us coming together on a regular basis We're trusted advisors, as I said earlier. 
And there's great wisdom and strength in the counsel of the multitudes. And there's also safety in numbers. So when you come together and you share your idea, if there's 10 people in the room and eight of them say, that sucks, <laughs> that's a terrible idea, what are you doing? Then you probably shouldn't do it. But if eight of them say, you know what, I think you're onto something. You need to tweak this, do this. It kind of spurs you on. It's kind of your beta test, if you will. You've got guys around you that they're not going to make any more money or lose any money as a result of what they tell you. That's why I said no business partners involved on this because people are biased. So you get around a bunch of people that uh, you subject yourself to their scrutiny. It'll take you to places you've never been. You've got to be willing to have uh, a thick backbone. You can't take it personal. You've got to be able to go into these groups and say, hey, whatever it is, it is. Let the veil down. Be totally transparent. Be honest. Uh, subject yourself to that scrutiny, hear them out, and you go out of there with your tail tucked between your legs sometimes. Sometimes it's hard. But the truth is, is you'll be better as a result of it. And so that's what masterminds have done for me for two decades. Plus, it's family. You know, here's the thing. Even in our groups now, 50% of what we do is family. 50% of what we do is business. And the reason it is, is there's tons of masterminds that'll just cover business. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you're looking for. I take more of a holistic approach because you, I can teach you to make money. Jared, it's not that hard to make money. If you'll do basic things and you do them repetitively and you do the mundane task, even when there's no harvest, you'll make money. So I can teach you to make money. What happens is, is we get so immersed in the work, uh, we do it at the expense of our families. And then we come home one day with a pocket full of money to a house full of strangers. And now you don't know what to do because you don't know what the future is going to look like because you don't know your wife and you don't really know your children. And I just keep people in somewhat of semblance of order. And I know people talk about balance all the time. How can I get balance in my life? You can't. You cannot get balance in your life. You need to embrace the tension. And here's what you need to do. You need to put the big rocks in first because really it's about priorities. It's not about balance. So forget the word balance. You're never just the definition of balance uh, alone means equal on both sides. There's no way you can do that. There's seasons that we go through. Sometimes we have to work a little more than we want to. But if you'll put the big rocks in first, and for me, it's like faith, family, uh, then my children, you know, then my job, uh, and it goes on down the line. Then you have charitable organizations, you know, and you have exercise. You got to take care of yourself physically. There's about 10 big rocks that you need to put in first and work everything else around that. There's times being an entrepreneur, I've never worked for anybody since I was 18. Now I'm, I'm soon to be 56. And I have to prioritize what's important. And I have to say, you know, my faith is first and foremost, then my wife, and then my job. It's down the road, right? When I say wife, I mean family, wife, then children. Be sure and keep them in that order, by the way. And so we have to pay special attention and build the boundaries and do the things that we need to do around the important things first. That's the only way that you're going to succeed long-term is paying attention to your priorities. Aaron, you and I were speaking earlier before the podcast. I was sharing my story with you about burnout and fatigue and how I woke up, you know, just realizing I'd become a different version of myself than what I had ever imagined I would be. I was negative and pessimistic and didn't realize that I was. I was, you know, fatigued from lack of sleep because I, I felt like I had to get up early. People thought I had trouble sleeping and would, would suggest things to help me sleep. And I said, no, I can sleep just fine. I just don't stay in the bed very long. 
uh, had this, you know, there's healthy pressure and there's right. uh, working out of fear. And I had a little bit of both, but the time in the day and what I needed to get done made me get up early. And getting up early is good, but not when you're only getting four or five hours of sleep every night. And so I would come home exhausted. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't working out. And, uh, you know, things things slip and and you wake up realizing that this is not the right place that uh, that you thought you would ever be in. I'm sure that with the businesses you've built, then what you've went through in your life prior with the accident, there's got to be some times where you had to work out in your mindset, even before you became the man you are today, where you're able and equipped to lead other men. Can you walk us through some times in your life where mindset had to be developed and shaped to get you through that in order for you to be the best version of yourself and then eventually to grow into who you are today and how you dealt with that? Yeah, sure. You know, uh, Jared, there's never a point where you arrive, right? I'm big on personal development. I think that we need to spend 5 to 10% of our net income on personal development ongoing, whether it be courses, conferences, you know, uh, book, great books, well, whatever it is that you're going to be able to glean great information from. And so mindset is something that you have to study constantly and we have to stay abreast of the way we look at things and think of things. If you'd have been in an accountability group and a mastermind group during that time, uh, they would have caught this prior to you catching it. They would have been able to see the history and the pattern. They would have held you accountable for not going to bed earlier. They would have held you accountable for some of the things that you were trying to do. Greg McCowan wrote a great book called Essentialism. And he talks about in that book that most people are an inch deep and a mile wide. And we try to do 15 things and we can't do that many. We don't have the bandwidth to do a good job in that. And Greg talks about uh, really niching down and only being an inch wide, but a mile deep. And we don't need to do everything to be successful. What we need to do is one or two things really well. And that's what mastermind can help you with. That's what the accountability will help you with. You also, and as I said earlier, there's two kind of mindsets. You have a fixed mindset or you have a growth mindset. Carol Dweck wrote a really good book and the title of it is Mindset. Great book. Appropriately named. And she talks about in the book that with a fixed mindset, you just say, this is the way I am. And you said earlier, you were a little bit pessimistic and you were a little bit negative. Those are things that we can change. Those are behaviors, and we can change that. It's not necessarily your personality, although it gets back into semantics at this point. But the thing is, is we can change those things. I used to be a little arrogant, and I was a little bit cocky when I was in my 20s because I was thinking, look at me. You know, I come from nothing, and I made money, and everything I touch must turn to gold. You know, I got a little bit cocky, and I thought, you know, some things that happened in my life that humbled me. And I had some guys come alongside me and they said, listen, other people see you differently than you see yourself. And you just need to pay attention to who you are. My dad used to tell me, he said, son, when you go up that ladder and the people you pass, you better be really nice to them because if that thing breaks and you fall down, you're going to pass the same people coming down. And so you got to be really, really careful uh, going through life. And the mindset needs to be with proper training, with a little bit of time, I can do that. And that's a growth mindset. And that's what my mom didn't even know she was doing when I was a child, when she'd say can't, couldn't do it, and could, did it all. She was developing within me that mindset of I can do it. Well, here I am 55 years old today. And my response normally uh, to people, Robin uses this against me to get me to do things around the house I don't want to do. But when they say, uh, can you do this? My answer is yes. Uh, what is it you would like for me to do? 
because there's physical limitations, but for the most part, we can do anything we want to if we're willing to delay gratification to a later date, have proper training, and have a little time. We can accomplish things. Robin uses it against me because I'm competitive, and she'll say, I'm not sure you can do this. And I'm like, oh, Robin, why are you doing that? You know now I got to do it. And so I'll go out there and give it a whirl. If you'll have that mindset in your business or you'll have that mindset in your relationships, it'll serve you well. Aaron, let's go back for just a moment, if we may, to the comment you made about being an inch deep and a mile wide. I know that for so many of us, myself included, uh, big finger pointed back at me that feel the need to perform. And we're wired that way. God made us that way. Slowing down as you have a family, slowing down as, uh, as you start realizing you just simply can't muscle it through or juggle so many things. If you're wired that way, a, a big part of me, just to be transparent, has been letting go, letting go of busy, letting go of, again, just just the way I'm wired uh, to, to just run, run, run. And I know if you're coaching guys, you're, you're coming up on that a lot because of the way society puts business demands and activity demands on us. How are you coaching guys through letting go of where they could be in the company or in the business or, uh, or yeah. things like that and yeah. putting you know, priorities first? Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not challenging the host, but I do want to challenge your thinking a little bit if you'll allow me to do that. I will challenge. First of all, God didn't make you that way. You took something that God gave you as a blessing and you've misconstrued it. And God doesn't give you any task that he doesn't give you the time and the resources to complete. And we oftentimes get ourselves in trouble. We get ahead of ourselves because we don't consult the one that is giving us the task. And that's through meditation, through prayer, through reading the scripture. And I don't want to make this too spiritual in nature, but I really feel that way. Uh, God will allow you to come to him at any given time and pray through, ask, and give direction as to what you would do in your life. And so he doesn't expect us and want us to be busy from four in the morning to 11 at night each and every day. What we do is, is we have this yearning inside of us that wants accomplishment. And we think the more we get, the better. And it's just not true. What we need to do is design a life that we want to live. Robin and I have very intentionally designed our life. And I even wrote a document called, What Do I Want? And I'll talk about it more in a few minutes. But if I were to ask you, if there were no financial limitations or geographic boundaries, what would you do with your life tomorrow? Most people can't answer that question. What we need to do is design a life intentionally. We live reactively, not proactively. If we were living proactively, we wouldn't get ourselves in near the financial uh, constraints that we do. We would have a much easier time. Uh, We would enjoy the process more. But what we do is we equate more to better, and that's not necessarily the case. So I would just encourage your thinking a little bit on the things that you need to be accomplishing. Uh, God will give you the time and the resources to get it done. And I'm assuming you don't go by the uh, prescription of not enough time in the day with that that type of mindset. No, I don't. There's plenty of time in the day. It's just that I've got to get my priorities into a fashion uh, to allow myself to have the time to do the things that are most important. Roy Vaden wrote a great book called Procrastinate on Purpose. Yep. And Roy teaches that process. Uh, I know Roy. He's a friend of mine. He lives here in Nashville. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, this book will really work you through. Priority dilution is what he calls it. The thing is, is we get the shiny object syndrome. 
and oh, that looks good. I can make money there. Oh, that looks good. I know this will enhance my business. Or, oh man, that would work. It worked for my friend. Well, the truth is you can make all the money you want in one or two things if you're really, really good at it. And that's what Greg's trying to teach people in his book, Essentialism. Listen, you only have so much energy, right? There's only so much time you can give to your wife, to your children, to your business, uh, to your community, to your faith. There's only so much time. And we've got to say what's most important. And then we allocate the time to do those things. Here's the thing that you could do that would help you more than anything is spend your time on paper first. Get a calendar. If it gets on my calendar, it gets done. So what I do is put the priorities on my calendar, and that way I know it gets done. If you will schedule your time, we do it in 90-day blocks. Matter of fact, I'm six months ahead right now. We know exactly the themes, the books, the guests. I've got the guests scheduled out every Wednesday night for the next six months. I know what blogs I'm writing. I know what books I'm reading. They're already written down. We have them on a Google document, what books I'm reading, what themes I'm going to be teaching on. We have everything categorized. So if the shiny object comes down the road, I look on my sheet and say, it's going to, you know, it's not going to happen with me. It's a good idea and it's good, but it's not going to happen because it's not on my plan. See, a lot of people want to get hyped up. They want to get motivated. They want to get excited. And motivation is an exhaustible resource, right? So forget motivation. You don't need to get motivated. What you need is a plan. And then you need somebody to hold you accountable to stick to your plan. And once you follow through with your plan each and every day, the results will be uh, immeasurable. But people don't have a plan. They don't even know where they're going tomorrow, much less six months from now. And that way, it keeps the shiny objects at bay. So, Aaron, I know you've mentioned these mastery groups that have impacted your life tremendously and talked about how they are, um, you know, high-level accountability groups where there's a lot of impact and a lot of trust and sharing how does, I'm a guy out there listening to the Success 101 podcast, wondering how to have that in my life. How does one go about finding out more information? You know, uh, if you want to do something as structured as what we teach, we're not a coffee club. I mean, we get it done. Uh, it's called Iron Sharpens Iron, and it's where 10 men come together in a community. It's an online forum that we have called Zoom. It's a video conference room. We have reading assignments. I provide the books. I provide the questions. We have two live meetups a year. I just rented a ranch in Austin, Texas, and we went there and we had a three-day event in Nashville. We're going to have a three-day event in November. I pay for all that as well. All you got to do is get there. And we have TED Talks. We have accountability. We have questions. We have man in the middle where you are the central focus. It's a very, very intense program that we do at Iron Sharpens Iron. I facilitate the groups and the groups when they're full and they almost are now, but we have other groups that guys can go in that I have great facilitators and it's under my umbrella. I facilitate uh, seven groups and the rest of them are done by very qualified facilitators in our organization. It's just intentionally living your life. It's doing it on purpose. It's doing it in a meaningful way, in a very productive way. We have accountability tools where you rank yourself each and every week. It's not just where guys hang out. This is where guys get it done. So you can go to viewfromthetop.com and uh, I'd welcome your application and I'd love to talk to more guys uh, that are interested in doing that. The thing also, if you can't afford to get in the mastermind groups, we have what's called the community. And it's where men from all over the world gather each and every week in a private forum, 
They're sharing resources while making connections. There's literally people from multi-countries uh, that are involved in these groups. I do a live webinar every Wednesday night where I teach. We have men in the middle come and we break down their problems and their business and their personal life. And then I have great guests, you know, like Bob Berg and Dan Miller and Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas and all these guys that I interview on Wednesday nights. And uh, you're allowed to ask questions in that live forum. Uh, and it's $57 a month. You know, I mean, it's, it's a cup of coffee a day is what it costs to be involved in that. And if you really, really want to take your next life, your life to the next level, I would get involved in the community, get a feel for what we do, and then maybe progress into the mastermind groups. Jerry, before I go, I have a gift I've brought for the listeners of Success 101. Is it okay if I give them a gift? Oh, absolutely. All right, here's the deal. There are three documents. One of them I've already mentioned, the what do I want? There's another one called personal assessment, where there's 30 questions where you ask yourself very difficult questions about your ideals, your identity, your relationships, your faith, your family, your career. It's just thought provoking questions. And you say, okay, once I understand who I am and what I want, I don't know what to do next. I wrote steps to a productive day. It's like a to-do list on steroids. It starts you out early in the morning, which I'm a very regimented early morning person. I have a morning routine I go through each and every day and it sets you up to be a very productive person. If you'll go to viewfromthetop.com forward slash success 101, I've made those documents for free. I've taken off the price. You just download them and hopefully it'll help you live a more successful and significant life. That is great, Aaron. And I know as busy as you are, we are thankful to have you here with us today. And so uh, we appreciate you being here and sharing your wisdom and for what you're doing for men out there all over the place, because uh, we are Again, muscling it through to keep using that phrase, and that is not going to last long without a plan in place, as you mentioned. So thanks so much for your time, and keep doing exactly what you're doing. Thanks, buddy. See you, Jared. It was such an honor having Aaron Walker on the Success 101 podcast today. And as I mentioned before, if you have found relevance in these episodes, please be sure to share with friends, family, anyone that you know who could benefit from higher levels of peak performance and desires to achieve more. If you would like to connect directly with me, the best way to do that, I have two avenues. The first one is to head to my website, success101podcast.com, where you can connect with me directly. To find the Success 101 podcast out in social media, there are several avenues you can use to connect. First on Facebook at facebook.com slash success 101 podcast. On Twitter at Warren Jared. And on Instagram, which is my favorite method of social media at Jared underscore Warren. Again, it was an honor having Aaron on the podcast today, as well as having you here with us. Tune in to the next episode of the Success 101 podcast. Until then...